The word you were looking for was indigent. <laughs> I feel affluent. This is good coke. Somebody put some new suggestions in. Did you get those? I did, but I didn't put them in there. You want them in there no, right now? No, no, we don't have time. We need to get this started. Hopefully we pull asses and slings today. And welcome, welcome, welcome into Gravel Talk, ladies and gents. Thank you for joining us. Well, this week in the Spotlight and Squirt Circle, we are sitting down with Greg Ganya, the son of Vern Ganya. We're sitting down with Larry the Axe Henning. We're sitting down in the Spotlight and Squirt Circle with Rhino and Darren Corbin. Zach Gowan. We're sitting down with Dick Justice. You're listening to Gravel Talk, keeping you up to date on the Midwestern independent wrestling. And we are live! Woo! <laughs> I'd really like to know what that is. <laughs> I don't know. Who wrote that? Uh, I'm ready when you are. I'm ready then. All right. You ready? Count it down. Sure. It's a rare condition this day and age to read any good news on the newspaper page. And love and tradition of the grand design, some people say, is even harder to find. Well, then there must be some magic clue inside. Hello again, everybody. Welcome to the Ross Family Matters Yee-haw! podcast. Yeah, here, Hot shot, Scott Williams, Vic the Stick Ross, Jack. So you guys are all mixed up again. Jack Spade. This is the new normal. The new normal. Our very special guest. We know him by many names. His his regular name, Al Ingram, Ill L Jackson, uh, Action L Jackson. That was another one, right? Al, welcome to the And show. at least yeah. one mid-American appearance as Alan Jackson, as I recall. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's right. The country superstar? Not quite. Al, welcome to the show. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. So before we get started, I wanted to just say that you started out when we were running Rebels. You were with us for a while. You moved on to greener pastures and whatnot. But you were one of, as a booker, one of my favorite guys to have on the roster. So it's great to be able to connect with you again. So. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Nice time with, with the Rebels, and that looking back, it was, you know, I guess as life is, look back and you, you know, appreciate the days of, of when. <laughs> sure. So what made you decide? Because I, like I like to ask people when they get into the business, what made them just, what made you decide that wrestling was something you wanted to at least be part of for a while? Actually, it started when, when I went away to college. I was, uh, I was playing football and uh, running track, and, uh, I couldn't afford the school anymore, but like the friends I had at school, uh, like we were like huge wrestling fans, and this was like ninety nine, no, ninety seven, ninety eight, ninety nine. So this was like, you know, uh, uh, Attitude, WWE, you know, sure. Like, um, Stone Cold had just dropped the three sixteen line, maybe like you know two or three years prior, maybe even four years prior, whatever it was. So this was like the height of WWE coming back and like and back then I still had the black box so I used to like record the pay-per-views sure <laughs> for free take them up to college and we watch them in like the uh, the lounge and like just some of my friends we were like the hugest like wrestling fans on, on campus we would go down to like the the uh, the local eatery to you know how you have like a, a campus cafe or whatever and we'd like take over the TV and like watch the wrestling every time it came on but then after I couldn't afford school anymore and I left uh I joined the military, and uh, my time was cut short, so I came home, 
and I was just like, you know, like those, you know, like retired athletes, like, man, how do I stay in shape? How do I, you know, find something to do? And um, I know I, that struggle. I can tell you that. Yeah, but <laughs> you know, it's like, how do I stay in shape? How do I find something to do? Like, what's gonna keep me, you know, outside running and moving around and stuff? And um, so at night I would just kind of like come home from class because I enrolled in like MATC just take some regular classes so at home I'd come home and I, you know just have the TV on and the brawl would come on oh yeah the brawl <laughs> on uh like Start channel time four. to drink <laughs> right? yeah. or channel 96 <laughs> channel 96 yeah. 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 the brawl would come on and I watched it for a few weeks and then uh at one point I think I finally had caught the end of the show or something and uh I don't know I forgot who, who it was it might have been either Steve or Punk it was like, oh yeah, we're having tryouts. Blah blah blah. Come down here. No, that's it. Was the uh, the next show was gonna be at the Kazi Center, right? And then I was like, oh, it's right here in town. Like, all right, I'm gonna go down and go down and check it out. So then I went down there, and then uh, after the show, I think I talked to Steve, and I think you guys were just like a week away from having like tryouts or something like back. I think it was back there. Back at Kazi, yes. yeah. Yeah. So, so then yeah, I was like, oh man, this is awesome. So came back and then. The rest was history, pretty much. That's actually when Brian finally called me back for the tree out. <laughs> 20, to- 20 calls later. Hey, and what did that sound like? It's cool about wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you you got to meet us firsthand and you met Steve. Other people like Vic and some others had a caller hotline that Brian never returned the calls for. <laughs> like, why do we have this hotline if you're not going to call people back, right? Right. Um, but and the t- poor TC Washington never got that callback. He's still bitter to this day that we never called him back. But probably for the best. So you come aboard, and obviously we're we're starting. I mean, we're moving from this studio with no ring to a ring, and you know, along the way, some of our folks got trained by actual trained wrestlers. But in the beginning, we were raw, man. Right? Yeah. You know. Um, but Monday we night raw? No, not that good. But we wanted to do something, right? Yeah. We, we just we. We wanted to make something happen. I wanted to break out of the, the confinement of a TV studio and into something bigger. And yeah. you were one of the guys that was at the beginning of it, one of the pioneers of what we tried to accomplish. So. Yeah, and it's, it's odd, like, the way, I guess, technology, um, I guess, uh, fast-forwarded. So if you go back and look back at it now, the way that that show had to be shot then, like, the access was, was just better because... Now you can just take out your phone and just shoot that, and not have to rent out, you know, right. 96 the studio and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, the sport itself was more accessible back then, whereas today, you wouldn't have to have, you know, anybody around. You can, like I said, you can whip out your phone, shoot it, just post it right to YouTube. You wouldn't have to go through 14 or 96 at all. So, just sure, the technology of it just, just or the lack of back then made it more accessible. Well, we were just talking about how when we started to get better after we lost a few folks and then we got Armani, we got hooked up with Angel Armani and he started feeding us his trainees and Mace Morganger. But how many tapes I would get like sent to me, like people's, (laughs) like videotapes. I'm like, I got to watch, like you actually got to pop it into a VCR, which nobody owns anymore. And now people can just find a file and send it to your phone or to your Facebook. But back then you actually had to put a tape in and fast forward to something that looked like somebody you'd want to see. It was, yeah, yeah, very weird. So do you remember your first actual match then, which would have been in Rebels? I think, I think it was against him. It was, uh... Oh, yeah? 
thing. Uh, How'd that go? <laughs> it was uh, you and Nick against me, right? No, it was me and uh, it was either me and, and me and Otis, which I can't remember his name. He went, no, it wasn't Otis. He wasn't around yet then. Right. Um, uh, I thought it was Nick. The, the real skinny I sw- guy. I swear who, it was Nick. No, it wasn't him. It was. I swear it was Nick. Who else was the skinny guys? We we had Mugger. The, the skinny guy. Who, Redneck Rick. No, uh, Chris. Chris's friend, Matt. Matt. Oh, Fu. Matt Fu. Matt Fu. Yeah, it was me and Matt Fu <laughs> <laughs> against against him. Uh-huh. At was it? Uh, uh, and Darlene. Yes, I swear. I'm telling you, Al, you're wrong. It was Nick. <laughs> Well, I somewhere I may have had to. I, I don't know if you know this, Al. I had every single tape of every show I've ever been part of, and I had a house fire, and I lost all of it. Oh man! But that, I had all of that. It was also my first match, <laughs> and I'm pretty Yay sure. Yay for the fire, everybody! <laughs> pretty sure. Uh, <laughs> pretty sure it was Nick. The, the, but it's funny because we talked about Russ and Darlene's. We ended up having to leave that building because it was too small, yeah. and we were doing damage to the floor. And then new owners have taken it over, and now Kurt. Runs ICW shows out of there. Now it's called yeah. the Peekets. Yeah, I've seen I've seen uh, people go there for wrestling shows, and I'm like, and I've rubbernecked it like, I should go buy a ticket. I should go in there yeah. and check it out. And you Remember guys, the locker room, the small bathroom, oh, yeah, which the bathroom, was yeah. yeah. You guys know what La Pica means in English, right? The Pica. The Pica. Yeah. Yeah. So it's feminine. I'm pretty. The sure. funny thing about Russ and Darlene's was like, with people who never been there couldn't understand is like, it's like fitting. It's basically like putting. Uh, whatever's larger, I'm you know I'm a bachelor. Whatever, a king or a queen size bed in a room that's meant for like a twin. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just like <laughs> if you fall out of the ring, you might hit the wall. <laughs> it was we went from there, and we then we were at Texas Victory Hall, Johnny's Yellow Rose, and VFW. And I don't remember at that point because you ended up leaving, going to work for. Um, Randy Ritchie yeah. and uh, Eric Freedom. They were doing their shows yeah. mostly down south. They did a couple shows up here, but they, I know Whitewater in that area. Yeah, the Whitewater Racing. A couple of the guys went with you. I know uh, Sirius, Nightmare, Stealth. And they were actually, they went to school there at one point. Maybe they were still going there when that happened, so it was a natural fit. So from there, can you think of a, a, a match or a moment or something you got to do in a wrestling business that you still look back at now and go, well, that was pretty cool? Uh, well, probably two things, like, because the way I even broke into that was, like, um, so, the Love Machine met a long time, mm-hmm. um, me and him both went to school together, mm. so, I knew him from, because I would have, you know, football practice, and, like, when we would come in to do our in-the-gym stuff, uh, he would be with the wrestlers, um, upstairs, and they, because he was a college wrestler, um, they would be doing their wrestling thing, and then, so, I knew him from there, and then when I figured out that he was a, a uh, local wrestler. I had gone to a show, and then you know he invited me to come to some other shows. <clears throat> and I was just like, he had mentioned something about not being able to record his matches. And I was like, dude, I got a camera. I can record your matches for you. So the very first time I kind of hung out with him at one of the wrestling shows, it was the the show at uh, at State Fair, where um, I think it was GLC to G. Great Lakes Championship Wrestling brought in all the old timers. Okay. And they did the show at the State Fair Park, where it was like. Honky Tonk Man came in, and like Kamala came in, and like all those all those old school guys came in. So I was just really riding around, um, or I was just hanging out at that show, just recording that whole entire show. So to be able to see a lot of those guys, you know, that I had watched on TV, Greg the Hammer Valentine was there, Jimmy Mouth of the South was there, 
got the P in the stall next to him. Oh, nice. <laughs> so that was cool. Did you ask for a high five while you were doing it? <laughs> no. Hey, uh, <laughs> hey, Jack Spade, well, well, why are you laying on the ground right now, flat on your back? Oh, somebody said Matt Longtime's name, so I'm waiting to get paid. Yeah, should be any moment now. <laughs> he had a feud a few years back with Matt A few years back. <laughs> well, it was a few years back. It's still going on to this I day. I know. So, you got to do that. I, I know that... Uh, Sometimes Randy would bring in some other names too. Did you ever get to work somebody who had, who was somebody you know you knew of from bigger things other than just the local scene? Uh, not really. I mean, I did have, I did get to have a lot of talks with uh, Terry Taylor though, because hmm. he would come and hang out behind, uh, behind stage um, when we do shows in like Edgerton and stuff like that. Sure. So being able to talk, you know, for people who don't know who Terry Taylor is, the Red Rooster. Like, as a kid, he was one of my favorite wrestlers. <laughs> I don't have to lay down on that. <laughs> <laughs> he was one of my favorite wrestlers. Uh, but probably one of the coolest things, though, which is probably, like, you know, I guess, you know, existential or, a high, like, high, high level. Um, so we were doing a show in Kenosha, and um, Randy had brought in uh, Jerry Lynn and Jerry Lawler for the same show. <clears throat> and... Uh, we were just sitting around in the back. You know how the young guys would do. We'll just sit around and try to, like, you know, chit-chat with the, with the legends and, like... Suck ass, yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah. just trying to get stories out of them and stuff like that. Like, how is Hulk Hogan in the locker room? How is, you know, so so You know, we're just, you know, we're just, like, trying to not totally mark out, but we're trying to, like, you know, um, just bug them for, for whatever we can get out of them. But uh, one of the coolest answers I ever heard, though, for practically anything, and I still use it to this day, is, like... Um, Somebody had asked uh, Lawler and Jerry and Lynn, you know, basically like a general question, like, you know, so are you still nervous? How do you get over being nervous for your matches or whatever? And uh, and Lawler has said something like, um, yeah, I'm nervous. I'm, ner- I'm nervous for every match. And he's like, if you, he said, how did he put it? He said, uh, anytime you're asked to perform and, you know, and your name or your reputation is on the line, you should be nervous. It's like if you stop being nervous, then it's time to stop doing whatever you're doing. And I was like, okay, I can get with that. So like I've always remembered that that answer and that thought process like ever since. Sure. Did you get to work that show? And you'll remember this better. Maybe it was AW. There was a federation that Jimmy Hart was part of that was starting out, and he had the XWF. Was that what it was? And they did a show in Milwaukee. And I know that Sirius and Nightmare helped set up that show and work backstage for it. Were you part of that? Do you remember? No. Cause I know Randy was pretty involved in that one. So. Yeah, no, um, I had never even heard about that. <laughs> they were uh, they were basically a ring crew. Nobody got to work, yeah. not even like a dark match or anything. Right, right but they but got they, to hang out. Because Randy Ritchie obviously must have been the ring for the day. Yeah, yeah, probably the closest the closest um, quality ring that you could find. Yeah. So that, that I mean that's and then you did Mid American. I remember seeing that match and. Everybody who has heard this story a million times, but the reason I even tried to do what we did for Rebels was because I was inspired by how good Mid-American was mm-hmm. at, at one point. Like, so good, and it's like, wow. First time I really ever... I'd seen a couple indie shows when I was in high school at Federation Hall, but when I started going to those shows, it was like, oh, this is great. Like, I, you know, so... I think, like, for me, if I would have ever gotten a shot to work a match, I did get to do some, you know, announcing for the Wilson Park shows and whatnot, but if I, I, that would have been a highlight for me because that's what, like, that was what got me liking and, and really enjoying local wrestling and indie wrestling. Yeah, their, their shows are, like, 
packed in that little, uh, what was it called? The Knights, Knights of Columbus. Columbus which which yeah. only has about three months left, and then it's closing its doors. Wow. I mean. Knights is closing the doors. It's getting get torn down. It's getting yeah. shut down completely. Uh, even, like, riding past there now, it's just like, you know, you, you kind of rubberneck it, and you're like, man, the, the things that went down in there. <laughs> right. You guys got any, any other questions before we... I actually have one because cool. you said what the coolest thing you've ever been a part of. What was the least cool thing you've ever been a part of? Wrestling wise, uh, or just in- I mean, if you you can go either way, you can go lifestyle wise. I don't care. Because because I'll tell you what, the least cool thing I ever had with Rebels of Wrestling was that locker room at Russ and Darlene. <laughs> I mean, For my sure. I mean, twenty five dudes in a in a two stall bathroom. It was hot, <laughs> uh, and I was cool tired. Hmm. I would I would probably say like being hurt in the ring like like legitimately hurt. Um, I was wrestling uh, Randy at a show. Must have been in Waukesha somewhere or something like that. And uh, um, he was going to you know lift me up on the on the ropes and in our pre talk that doesn't exist. Right. Um, I was just you know making that up right there. Uh, I was under the impression that he was gonna place me on the ropes a certain way, and I was, uh, and uh, and he was going for a different way. So the way I ended up coming down on the rope was that I missed the turnbuckle and came, or I missed the, the padded and and came down like split leg on the turnbuckle. Oh, so like so, so your nuts on the come along is what you're telling me? <laughs> yeah. So like uh, that sucks. I had to I had to go to the doctor. It was it was pretty pretty crazy because like um <laughs> of course it always happens whenever you have to go to the doctor about your 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 nether region it's always the hottest you know <laughs> physician's assistant ever yeah and, and she was like the most gorgeous like woman i'd ever seen like ever and uh <laughs> i had to tell her well she thought like well she literally asked me if i was uh experiencing like you know homosexual activity because like my prostate was swollen oh oh <laughs> i guess that's like a thing yeah it gets battered i get it I, okay well, <laughs> <laughs> so <I'm> like, what <laughs> so but the bad part was like i couldn't get a boner for like maybe three weeks because of swollen prostate like it it it's up against those nerves oh so like yeah my girlfriend at the time couldn't really understand it and it was like causing problems it's not like, you trust me <laughs> right trust me honey it's not you right so yeah that was probably the like having to go like three weeks without without any type of you know yeah especially a single guy in his <laughs> 20s nowadays speak, that's speak called being married but right you came down to a couple of the fusion shows on packard avenue at, at dad's Across the street from Lattice. Oh, yeah. You're yeah. in a couple of those. Did you bag that bartender? Hmm. Oh, man. No. So when you were working... <laughs> when you were working at Randy shows, if I remember right, I, I, obviously Long Time was there. Adrian Lynch was there, right? Yep, Adrian Lynch. Yeah. And Brandon Blaze, right? Yeah, Brandon Blaze, yeah. yeah. He was much smaller. Much smaller, much skinnier. He's probably like, <laughs> I don't know, maybe like 5'9", 100 and... 65 pounds, maybe, yeah. maybe 75. Longer hair. He had more hair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was, uh, that was a good, like I said, that was a, a a good crew. They did a lot of good stuff. So what made you decide you didn't want to wrestle anymore? Like, what what changed in your life that you decided, eh, I've done enough, I've had my fun. Because I know you've come back a little bit, you've done some refereeing, yeah. and you've stayed involved, but, I mean, to just not at, be an active wrestler anymore. Well, how'd that uh, 
Honestly, it's probably a, the stupidest decision I ever made because, like, you know, I was getting along really well and, like, was had, you know, was making decent connections for myself. And uh, I was one of those kids that was, like, you know, school was important. And it was, like, I kind of had, at the time, I had the crossroads to either finish school or, you know, basically get heavily involved with um, trying to make a go of it running the indie circuit. And I would have had some chances to, like, mm-hmm. you know, ride around with a uh, long time to some shows and you know, see what other connections I could get out of, like Eric or, or Randy or whatever, but I just wanted to finish school. So, um, at the time I was just like, uh, you know, I just kind of let it go by the side and, and yeah, I just, afterwards I just kind of never really got back into it, especially because by the time I got done with that, um, I found out that there were Where local, did this come from? Uh, semi-pro football leagues in town. Oh yeah. And yeah. so it was like, Football was my first love, so it was like, and it just kind of like, it just made sense that I would just fall into football and leave wrestling alone. And then, after, I don't know, maybe you haven't found out, but once you get used to not taking bumps, you're like, eh, I'm good. Yeah, well, the, yeah, that, so I've been in act, I've been done wrestling for about two years now, right? Like, wrestling in ring, still do the announcing, but mm-hmm. yeah, I don't, I don't know that I miss the bumps. Right, yeah. That's probably and the part I, of And I always feel like, uh... I could get back in shape and go and do that again. Like it was the it was the most fun I ever had, you know. But then I'm like, ah, the bumps though, and yeah, uh-huh, whatever. I'm good. Sure. So that kind of leads into the, a segment we do every week. We call it "What You Been Got Going On." We'll start with you. So what are you doing? Like what what is your what takes up most of your time now in your in your life? Just being a dad and working in IT. Um, after so when I stopped wrestling, I started working in like film and uh, I remember film and that, yeah, and you know random TV stations doing uh, sound and doing directing, camera work, uh, and I did a lot of sports. Every now and then I'll still do some freelance sports uh, production stuff that comes along for like the networks. But um, yeah, I did about ten years at Lambo doing camera assistant work on the sidelines. So. That's really what I was doing then until I decided I wanted to go to school and work with computers. So then um, there was a, this was right after the, rece- after the recession where there was, um, they were basically handing out education grants for people who wanted to get into like a, a high uh, demand job, you know, job role or whatever. So I went back, um, used that money to go to IT school and haven't looked back. Vic, what you been got going on? Well, um... I'm in the middle of nine days off from work right now, so yay me. Uh, Volunteer days off? or uh, No, 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 my friend. There are actually uh, only five vacation days sandwiched around my two off days for a nice nine-day stretch. Uh, I'm off for the month of February from wrestling shows. Catch me in March for River City Championship Wrestling twice. Don't ask me the dates. Look them up yourself, you lazy pieces of shit. And you can also catch me at MIW and possibly Legacy. I'm not sure if they have a March date or not. So, um, since this will probably air in March, March 1st, I'll be at ACW. Their last show before the big one at the uh, Menominee Nations Arena, where, as you already know, Mark Henry will be part of that show. Mick Foley will be part of that show. I'm really excited about that. Um, Armani MIW got a show on April 20th, so that's a few weeks down the road. Okay. Um, and then, of course, all the BCW shows, um, the dates kind of are running together, but you know where to find them. Please check them all out because they're all excellent shows. Um, other than that, I'm just trying to not die. 
Good job. Yeah. I Good had job. my stress test today and I passed. Ish. I'll tell you about it later because you you can relate to to some of the things I had to deal with after the stress test. But anyways. Just a quick question. Are you guys still fans of wrestling right now? I'm always a fan of wrestling. Um, I think what happens to me sometimes is because I do a lot of ring announcing. Yeah. So I, unlike the days when I was wrestling, I'm out there for everything. So every once in a while, I get a little bit of a, a moment where I feel burnt out. Because I'm, I'm, you know, if I do 30 shows a year as a ring announcer, I'm probably watching 200 matches, mm-hmm. right? Um, but I'm still a fan. I, I like the Ring of Honor product a lot. I still watch the WWE's main product because I know what it is, right? I don't go... It's it's like I don't go into an, an, an Adam Sandler movie expecting to see Shakespeare, right? right? <laughs> I appreciate it for what it is. I don't get all bent out of shape about how they're not booking... Uh, Shave the right way, even though he's been the U.S. champ. I don't care. Like, I know what I'm getting into. But if I had to pick one that I really enjoy the best, I think it's Ring of Honor. Oh, yeah. Because I felt like uh, I didn't really follow WWE, but I followed enough to watch Kennedy and uh, and Punk because, you know, the connection with those guys. Sure. And then when Kennedy fell off, <clears throat> it was really just keeping up with Punk. And then when, when Punk had his issues and they let him go, it was just like, well, then I got no reason to watch Especially because I wasn't keeping up with everybody in, in, in a way to, to like know who the whole roster was. Especially like if you ask me who anybody was wrestling right now, I'd be like, I have no idea. Sure. But I love watching ROH because it most resembles what we were doing. You know, it's it's basically indie 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 wrestling on television. Right. So, it was a little bit better I, production and yeah. I can tell you that last year's WrestleMania broke something inside of me. And what I mean by that is like nothing, nothing really offended me. Or put me off, but it was just so long. Six hours. That I didn't watch wrestling at all for like four months. And then when I started watching wrestling again, it was Ring of Honor because it's on over-the-air TV. I can just run into it sometimes. Mm -hmm. And old stuff on the network. Yeah, I love old stuff. And I got these hard drives loaded up with like all the old pay-per-views all the nitros, all the thunders. I go back and I watch a block of that shit. But stuff that's going on right now, it's kind of a struggle for me. Yeah. It really is. Two things. One, I, I don't know if you've seen any of the NXT product, but that's a little bit like ROH, but it's still Vince's stuff, but he tries to dress it up and make it look Indian. Two, not only did you not watch wrestling for four months, that included the matches of the guys you were managing. So that caused a problem. That was a little bit of a problem. What you been got going? Well, I'll tell you what. I won't be at the uh, the RCCW show in a couple days on account of that. That's right. This will have already aired. On account of that son of a bitch, Chris Black, yeah. from the Saturday Night Slamcasters podcast, tweaking my knee again. Uh, but I will be wrestling at the Legacy Pro Wrestling Show this Friday. Um, I heard a rumor that Chris Black's going to be there. <laughs> that son of a bitch. Um, and then from there, that's it for me huh? in this What's entire up? month. Okay. What about March? Because this will probably air in like two yeah. weeks. Knowing March, Alex Riley. March next. Oh, The Office. We who doesn't post? We're recording. Who <laughs> doesn't post our stuff on time? The Office. This might not air until freaking July. <laughs> um, anyway, March. I've got. RCW, I've got uh, MIAW, I've got Legacy, <coughs> I've got RCS. So I have four shows. Oh, wow, you got a busy uh, March. 
waiting for Dylan to call. <coughs> Have you reached out? No. Huh. So, <laughs> but <laughs> that's what I got going on. And uh, I also get burnt out of the wrestling from time to time. I come and go. I, I, I watch it for a while, and then I, I put it down, and then I come back. And you know what I've been watching a gang of? You guys are going to fucking laugh at this. Yeah. Livewire? WCW Thunder from 2000. Okay, let me tell you something about the network, though. They don't have every episode of Thunder because I can't find the turn the power on. I'm not watching. Thunder. I'm not watching on the network. Do I'm you, watching on my hard drive. Do you have the turn the power on? I haven't run into it. What year was it? I don't remember, but I know it was in Lafayette, Louisiana. All right. Because he called, Ric Flair called Lafayette, and nothing happened in town filled with nothing happening people. Okay. So, if you find that. I'll look. All right, I'll you pay know, you for a copy. You know what I've watched more than one time is the Glow series on uh, Netflix. It's okay. It was good. I like it. Tell you it. what, I watched part of it, like the first episode. I got to the sex scene and then I stopped watching it and kept watching that part. <laughs> that's that's about where I stopped. Alice, you like Allison Brie? Is oh yeah, Allison Brie. Would you? In the oh, second yeah. season, you get to see the blonde's boobs. Yeah. <laughs> Would you? The blonde like, or Allison Brie? When do you get to see the big monstrous? You don't. I, th- I actually, I was more of a fan of the redhead, the Irish chick. Uh, oh, uh, the Australian kind of a so. British, or, yeah, yeah, British, yeah, yeah, she, yeah. She's all right. Yeah, yeah. I like. I like the main girl. She was, she was kind of my kind of quirky, huh. my kind of quirky. Yeah, but if good. you, if you, regardless of whether you like this the series or not, you gotta watch the documentary. The doc- I did, I did see the seen documentary. It. The documentary, like I was like on the edge of my seat, like just like tuned in, like. Oh my god! Like trying to remember because like some of that stuff, especially when they get down to the real footage and like the real, the real uh, storylines. I'm like, I remember that. I remember that. If uh, if you really want a good watch, watch Lipstick and Dynamite. It's about the lady wrestlers of the '50s and the '60s. Okay. Oh, like so Moolah. It's, it's got Moolah. It's got Mae Young. It's got this. I can't think. Of, oh, uh, her name was Killam Gillum, and she said. She would get booked all the time because when she would take the clothesline, she would kick her feet straight in the air and she'd take the bump on the back of her head. She had a calcium spot on the back of her head from all the bumps she had taken on her skull. So did they cover the moolah sex trafficking? That's what I was going to ask, her no, sex No, they do not. There is some. Uh, there are plenty of people that don't like moolah and they make it known, but nobody... Really says why? No, well, I mean, they complain about money. And they complain about how she had them under their thumb. But nobody says anything about any sexual right, abuse. Right, because when you talk about it, much like when you talk about the Clinton Foundation, <laughs> the end of you. So, anyway. <laughs> All right, so... Before, to a deeply political place. So, before we get into this hat... There's a question we've been asking all of our first-time guests, and it was actually a topic we pulled out of the hat once. And we had to all answer it. And we figured if we had to suffer the indignation of... and and uh, exposure of answering this question. So do our guests. The answer is jelly. So the question really? is... <laughs> That's interesting. <laughs> L. Jackson, who you gave for? Huh. While you think about it, let's. Re- <laughs> who's your guy? Well, right now it's Matthew McConaughey. But my wife <laughs> ruined my life by informing me he doesn't wear deodorant. So I'm going to have to make a switch up. All right, well, you can think, but I was a Justin, I'd say Justin Timberlake. Now, understand, I am as straight as can be, but if I had to, <laughs> it would be Justin Timberlake. Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, so there's our answer. So now you kind of know what we're playing with. 
I juggle his balls on Okay. <laughs> you you take this a little bit too... I think you're really getting into the character acting yeah. part of this. I, I don't feel like you're gay for Ryan Reynolds. I feel like you're super gay for Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> it's his Deadpool stuff. He's a method actor. Yeah. Give him some credit. Yeah. So anyway... Uh, I don't know, like... I want to say Matthew McConaughey mostly because if they if they ever made a movie about my life, I want him to play the part. Of you? Yeah. Yeah. All right. There you go. Um, But don't you know that he would have immediately be vilified by today's liberals as culturally appropriating you? Well, he wouldn't do black. Yeah, things. right. You don't have to yeah, do. It's... No, but they're turning a black <laughs> It'd be an a black person, did, though, in a, a white actor portraying a black man. Why well, I want? I I actually would like to have Samuel L. Jackson play me or Brian Dennehy, one or the other. Take your pick. Shoot for Dennehy. Okay. Yeah, I, I mean, I want to say Matthew McConaughey, but like, I don't know. I think like maybe even like Cristiano Ronaldo. That's that's a handsome dude, man. That's a soccer player, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's a superstar. Yeah, so a so there's dude. a chance for you. <laughs> Whoa! Yay! That's the Earth's sport right there. So, Jesse, apparently we have to make a promo for our podcast, but I'm not exactly sure what we're supposed to say. Oh, come on, Nick. We just got to talk about Grapple Talk, where we talk about wrestling. It doesn't matter if it's the national stuff or the local stuff. That's true. I mean, regardless if it's WWE or our local talent, we cover it all. Oh, we also got to plug the social media. That's right. Facebook.com slash The Grapple Talk, and you can follow us on Twitter at The Grapple Talk. Man, that was a really good promo. That was. High five. Hi, yeah. Hey, what's up, everyone? This is Chris Lockman, host of the Smart Money Wrestling Podcast. Join me and my co-host, AJ Jensen, each week as we discuss all things professional wrestling. WWE, NXT, Ring of Honor, Luch Underground, New Japan, as well as the local indie scene here in Wisconsin. We'll also bring you interviews with some of the Midwest up-and-coming independent stars and where you can see them in your area. You can find us on SoundCloud and iTunes, as well as on Twitter, at Smart Money. Check us out. Hey, everybody, this is RGG from the Regular Guy Gaming Podcast on the Grapple Talk Network. I think it's safe to say if you like wrestling, you also like games. So join me and my co-host, Ragbag, as we talk about old games, new games, games we love, games we hate, special guests, interviews, and, of course, Ragbag's love for Luigi Mansion. That is all on Regular Guy gaming check us out all right now i explained before the show i let l know how we work this hat we have no idea what's coming out of it we don't work the hat in fact we don't even remember honestly i don't even remember what's in that hat so topics are going to come out and there's a good chance you won't understand what any of them are hey if ever there's a day for bolivian soccer to come out of the hat it sounds like it might be our day. So the funny side story to that is we had Angel Armani on. You know how grouchy he can be sometimes. Yeah. Right? And one of the topics that came out was Bolivian soccer. And he goes, what the hell is this? So, But he didn't leave the show like he left matches sometimes. So you wouldn't great. believe how soft Armani's gotten. Really? Mm-hmm. They stick together. Um, they're they're, they're, uh, they're, they're post-its. Sticking. Was the show better than a Morty wrestling show, though? Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, his shows are, yeah, him being on was funny just for, I mean, he had great stories. Oh, yeah. He, the first part of the show was great when he got to tell stories. The hat didn't work out so well. We got no wrestling topics, and then when we had a non-wrestling person on, it was all wrestling topics. It's like, you just never know what you're going to yeah. get, so. Hermione's great for stories, man. He's, he's another guy, like, whether he's, you know, a local legend or whatever, like, he's another guy, like, 
you know, if you sit down with him, you'll hear some of the best stories ever. Well, he had a hand in training you know, Austin Aries. He had a hand in training Silas John. Like, that's a pretty good resume, you yeah. know, to be able yeah, to say. Hand in training Jack Spade. But we won't hold that against him. <laughs> All right, that's fine. It gets worse. <laughs> it does not yeah, much. you're not Joey Pink. I can't understand what this says. Uh, Ukrainian boy band? No, ultimate boy band. I wish oh. it said Ukrainian the boy band. The ultimate boy band. Like, do we have to pick the members? My favorite Ukrainian boy band is Kravkalak. <laughs> I have a feeling that this was a Melissa question. Oh, it absolutely yeah. has to be. Oh, I will go, I'm going to go first. Yeah, go ahead. Are you I'm choosing gonna, a boy band, or are we choosing members of well, different boy bands? I'm going to tell you what I think is the ultimate boy band. Okay. And I ref- I dare anyone, because this if is going to shut it's, it's not Menudo. It's the fucking Beatles. Ah. Ah. Okay. That's just a band with boys in it. First of all, I will bring up the footage right now. First of where all, all the teenage girls were in the crowd screaming and crying and pissing on But themselves. they weren't put together the specifically monkeys. to be, and they were just put together for TV. First of all, our Kelly concerts too with us. I feel like I have yeah, to he, say, he does was it In Sync that Timberlake was in? I feel like I have to say yeah. that one. But honestly, man, you feel I, pressure. You're gonna. You, you might say Backstreet Boys. You might say New Kids on Block. It's New Edition, man. Yeah, I could say that. Yeah. New Edition didn't have a long enough run. But look what came out of it. Bill Bev DeVoe. Bill Bev DeVoe. Bobby Brown. Bobby Brown. ABC. Yeah. <laughs> like, what 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 became of NSYNC other than Timberlake? Um, Space, The Family Feud, and... What's Space? Space. Lance Bass wanted to go to space. Yeah. And Joey, and Joey Fat Fe- One. Joey Fat One is the, the lead-in voice for The Family Feud. <laughs> yeah. And I don't even know what those other two guys' right. fucking names That's are. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> J.C. Like, Shazay. What did he ever do after the band broke up? Probably some chicks. That's <laughs> debatable. I mean, if he's friends with Lance Bass, yeah. it's probably debatable. I mean, I don't know. I mean, yeah, the New Edition is probably the one that I can think of. Plus, like, you know, unless it's pop, a lot of guys don't really like to be in bands. They want all the attention and money for themselves. So there's not a lot of, you know... Boy bands, unless they grew up in like Disney or something. Right now, especially nowadays, you won't. I don't think you'll see the bands that were just put. What's the band that just recently broke up that Harry Styles was in? Uh, uh, One, One Direction. Direction. Yeah, that, was that considered a boy band? That is a boy band. Yep. Yeah, Ocean, those guys will fade away into Ocean them. ninety or. The new kids on the block are still around. They were at New Year's. Yes, they they're still around because they have nothing better to do with their time. <laughs> Donnie Wahlberg's yes, a working machine. He's fine, and he's <laughs> and he's nailing the anti-vaxer Jenny McCarthy. I get who that. hasn't nailed Jenny McCarthy. Okay. Jim Carrey nailed Jenny McCarthy. Yes, I mean, like I don't have a, a necessarily affinity for boy bands, but. I do have an affinity for Taylor Swift, though. Mm. I, I can't get enough of her at the first time. Don't get off topic. I agree. <laughs> I think she's smoking. And you like high butts. You should like her. <laughs> she looks like a draft to me. She does not look like a draft. Her concert on Netflix is, is fantastic. I'm going to tell you what she looks like to me. Yeah. A bitch. <laughs> okay. <laughs> on wheels. She looks like she wants to speak to my manager right now. No, but see, she's not like the other. She's nice. She's not a diva. Okay. No, but okay, then Katy so, Perry, I ain't hearing it. So, so Katy Perry's a deep. So if we had to build a boy band, if that's what they meant? I don't know what I she I don't know what she Who meant. knows That's what, what I mean. Like, nobody gives us context. They just give us topics. They just give us a... But who would I put in it, though? Who would you put in it? Well, you'd have to put Justin Timberlake in it, right? I mean... Uh, yeah. You, and, you'd have to like, put Donnie Wahlberg in it. Like, in or out of music. Like, who would you put in it? Hmm. You could know. put 
anybody in there? Yeah. Well, then uh, I'm... <laughs> oh, you got to put The Rock. I'll put Tony Danza in there. I'd put uh, Three Count and Tank Abbott in there. WCW Thunder 2000. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> you got to put The Rock, because I think The Rock would eat it up. Yeah. He'd love to be in it. I would put Chris Kattan as the chimp boy. Mr. Peepers? Yeah, Mr. Peepers. The Chris Kattan uh, as the keyboard holder. The Rock and the guy who does all the reunion shows for all the like uh, um, all the housewives shows. Ryan Seacrest? No, the the host. uh, What the heck's his name? I I know his face, but I can't remember. Don't look at me. I don't watch (laughs) that shit. Yeah, he does like the reunion shows for all the like uh, whatever housewives shows, and you know does all the. Wasn't he the host of like one of the dating shows too on the network? Maybe. Chuck Wepner? No. It sounds like I hate him. Carson Daly? No. Huh? Jeff Probst? That's Survivor. Who's next? Uh, Vic or you. Whichever way you want to go. Get in there. Get yourself in there. Happy birthday. You, bro- you grabbed two, I'm pretty sure. You did. Yeah, you did. You did. All right, what do we got? By the way, very special shout out to Dark Child. Favorite cheap burrito. Okay, now I might be a little bit jaded because I just ate there for lunch, but Salito Lindo, very good. But I still fall back to my favorites, the GTO Guantanamo restaurant over on Cake. Uh, I just want to point out when I see favorite cheap burrito, I picture like frozen burritos. Yeah, like a microwave. At the burrito. supermarket. Okay, so what do you think of that that pizza? Did you ever have the pizza one? Hot pockets, yeah. I'm no, 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 no. It's the burritos, the Nina's burritos. No. They have, they like have the, a pizza. They one? have a pizza one. So it's like a tortilla. With yep. like pizza sauce and, and mozzarella cheese, cheese yeah. or is it like a calzone? Or it's just... No, it's like a. It looks like one of the regular frozen bean burritos, but this one's got pizza. Filled. Never had. I, I can't do the frozen one. I'll eat Q, I eat Qdoba probably twice a week, as you can tell. But they're not cheap. Like you got to take out a mortgage to go to Qdoba. No? <laughs> I mean, my favorite cheap burrito is whatever is ninety nine cents or less. So, I grew up. My dad, and my mom were divorced when I was youngish enough, and. Uh, my dad was a great cook, but he would like to, uh, but some on Fridays when he'd pick us up, he didn't really have time to cook for us, right, because he'd pick us up after work. So he came up with a creation. We would take a frozen burrito, and we would take, and yes. then we would take, yes, and then we would take Hormel chili. After we cooked the burrito, we'd put the chili over the top of this burrito, and then we'd put cheese over it and melt the cheese and cook the chili on top of the burrito. So you had a bunch of love. Yes, and and as you can see, I'm now fat and diabetic because of it. Twenty minutes after eating, this is what happens. <laughs> but I mean, that's a, a loaded. That's a weird question because I don't like Mexican food because to me, all I think about is it's all one taco. God damn! Here comes Godzilla. Godzilla. So we've been interrupted mid-show by Godzilla. Um, You have to leave so we can call you. So what do you think? Why didn't you tell him a bit? What do you think of the burritos we had in Stevens Point? Were those considered cheap? Uh, No. Remember when we had the? the, I remember. They're probably like ten dollar burritos. (laughs) Like ten dollar burritos, I would say. Yeah, I probably I got like two weeks of meals out of it though because I could only eat like this much at a time. Shout out to my favorite frozen burrito, 
Tina's Beef and Beans. See, Tina's is the one that makes the pizza one. Never had it. Damn it. All right. What you got there? That's a fancy setup you got back there. Scott's character in Saved by the Bell. Okay, so I'll explain a bit to you. (laughs) I've been saying that in the Ross family, which has had many members in it, including luminaries like Xavier Mustafa and T.C. Washington, that I'm so unimportant that if I were... Um, if this were the show three's company, my character would be the bartender at the Regal Beagle, right? <laughs> so, so that's the bit. I'd probably uh, be Larry. So, Saved by the Bell, Balding had two. Balding, what was his name? The Prince. <laughs> no, he, was, he was Balding. Was Balding? Sorry. He had a, too big of a part. So I would say I was the teacher from season one, the Brit twit who ends up getting shipped off. I'd like I'd like you to tell since we're in this. In this realm of the world, of the time that Mr. Belding was at Red Bar. Oh, yes. <laughs> so this was about five years ago. We went to Brewers on Deck, and Mr. Belding was the MC. He was hosting the game shows because at the time they were still trying to find a replacement announcer, and Euchre is too lazy to work. He'd rather just fart his way through one He's of the game shows 85. himself. Yeah, whatever. So they brought in So they brought in Mr. Belding and then I guess on the way out of there, on the way to the airport, his flight didn't leave till ten and Brewers on deck is always the same night as Royal Rumble. Okay. So he wanted to know where there was a good place to watch wrestling and Red Bar which always shows Royal Rumble. So there he was sitting smack there at the bar watching Royal Rumble. And drinking beer and signing autographs and chit-chatting. Which one is Red Bar? It's over in St. Francis. Um, you know where Thomas More High School is? Yeah. St. Francis, uh, St. Francis Avenue dead ends right there. Okay. If you go down about a block going uh, west, it's right there. Okay. It's a great place. You should go. Great food, great barbecue. Great place. My sister. Did, uh, it's it's didn't, Black, didn't Blackie Lawless Baby make a scene about Mr. Belding? Yeah, he also got booted. No, up. I made a scene. No, he made a scene. <laughs> I I would, yeah, what did you do? We were upstairs in the upper bar, and some, I think it was Scott that came back upstairs from downstairs and said, hey, Mr. Belding's downstairs. And everybody got all excited and went downstairs except for me. I stood up and went over to the railing, and I could see him, and I just yelled, Bayside sucks, and I sat back down. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, I would be the, what what was her name, Miss Krabs? In the first episode, the first season of Saved by the Bell. Do you remember? I think Buck slept with a chick named Miss Krabs to get a phone once. Yeah, <laughs> he did. And then some dirty rooms. All right. So we can, we can general... <laughs> Man, we're fat fucks. I can just tell based on what questions we pull out that people just think we're so fucking fat. Well, we are. All the- well, we are. Favorite donuts. So, uh, and we'll generalize this question for you. We can answer specifically. It's the best non-steak item to have at the North Country Steak Buffet. Okay. Or you could just use it as like a steak buffet, like a Golden Corral or, you know, Ponderosa. Mashed potatoes. The best non-what? Item? Non-steak item to, to get at a steak-based buffet. Nachos. I'm going to say mashed potatoes. Uh, at that particular steak buffet, mm-hmm. it's the cheesy bacon potatoes. Yeah, the twice baked. Oh, those yeah. motherfuckers are where it's at. Yeah, I eat the shit out of those. One of my go-tos if I ever go to Golden Corral or if I ever go to Old Country Buffet, though, is I like the the stuffing. The You know, I, I don't know. Something. And they like that you like that because it fills you. Yeah, my Golden Corral, my wife can't get enough of the yeasty rolls. 
another oh, thing that they really hey, like. We don't man. need to, yeah. You don't need to re- give that personal information. I heard in the bedroom you can't get enough of her yeasty yeah, rolls. Yeah. <laughs> hey ho! Hi ho! I don't know. Yes! Chicken tenders or. See, I think wings. you strike me. Hard, you bro. strike me as somebody who eats way healthier than we do. So you probably eat healthier see, at these. Like at my at my job now, like lunch is free, but I always get a salad every day. So, okay. Like I. Because I'm like, if it's going to be free, i got to at least get a salad every day. So I get a salad, and then I usually get whatever they have. So I'll get the, the burger. So I'll get a salad with the burger and with whatever. Gotcha. I, and, and because of my results and my stress test, I need to eat more salad. So I might have to figure out a good salad. <laughs> you have salad. low potassium? No. I, wish. I mean... Yeah, it's funny because, like, I mean, a good salad is really good. <laughs> I agree. I agree. I don't have... By the way, I did want to state, and this is going to air after it happened, um, and we probably should have let off with it, but I did want to also condolences to our good friend, Will Powell, Juicy Johnny. Uh, what else did he go by? Silky uh, Fine. Silky Fine. Uh, passed away. Um so his funeral is actually coming up this weekend. Again, when this airs, the funeral will have passed. But there is a benefit show, a charity show, that will be coming up at the end of March. Um, it's the MEPW's, basically, their last hurrah on March 30th. So make sure you go check that out. Again, uh, Will was a, was a good dude, man. He always treated me well. So. Absolutely. Anyway, didn't want to bring it down, but I figured I didn't want to. But you did. Yeah. Well, we'll bring it back up because you're going back to the half. Yeah, get up in there. Oh, yeah, mix them up. Good call. <laughs> right. Come on, asses and slings. Hopefully this is a go. Is that a thing? It's a thing. You might have gotten to there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I have to re- relay the oh, city here. I don't know what this best mean gene segment Best mean gene segments. Okay. I know what the best mean gene segment is. Put that cigarette out. No, it's where the sign falls down behind him and he goes, fuck it! And he walks <laughs> off. I, my favorite mean gene segments were a couple, it was like three or four weeks in a row when woman would put his hands on her, <laughs> on him, when he was interviewing Rick Flair. He's like, you get your hands off me, you trollop. I think that was my favorite mean gene segment. I mean, the only mean gene segment I can ever remember is... Uh, I was a kid and I went to go watch them uh, at the Bradley Center with uh, with my dad and it was the one where Miss Elizabeth got knocked down by like Hulk Hogan or something and, mm. or by Randy or somebody and uh, Hulk Hogan took her to the back. Oh, and, like, Randy turned. <laughs> yeah, How much Randy tis turned. I'm? <laughs> How much tis I'm? Oh, God. My favorite Mean Gene segment is from the AWA. And he's interviewing Dr. D. David Schultz. And he asks him about his troubles with Hulk Hogan. And Dr. D. tells him how he went to San Francisco to find himself a woman, but he couldn't find himself a woman. And Mean Gene starts to break up a little bit. He goes, I found a lot of men. Hulk Hogan, you would have fit in right there. And Mean Gene loses it, and he turns his head. And instead of ignoring the fact that Mean Gene has lost his shit, Dr. D is like, what are you laughing at? You know it's true. Like, <laughs> that shit was just right out there, but it was funny as hell. What about his match with Hogan? Remember him and Hogan I do. Up, yeah. Mean Gene? I do. Oh, yeah. With the training segments? Yeah, yeah. tag match. So, uh, thank you for bringing that up, because WCW Thunder 2000 has a match with 
Buff Bagwell and Mean Gene against, oh, I can't even remember who the heel was now, Shane Douglas maybe, and uh, Mark Madden. Sounds awesome. And there is no wonder why that company was out of business in four months. Yeah. None whatsoever. Welcome to the WCW Thunder 2000 podcast. Otherwise, <laughs> I thought I thought he was very capable. I remember watching some clips. I remember once he was interviewing Morocco when Don Morocco was eating a donut during the whole <laughs> yep. the whole interview. Um, you know, I mean, people said great things about him. People worked with him. I never got to really meet him other than for about a minute here or there at a show. But uh, I thought he, when you think about his role, like before Mean Gene. The guy who did the interview, whether it was Marty Marty O'Neill or people from the Six, they were dry and they were bland. Oh, yeah. Even Gordon Soli, who everybody loved, Mean Gene brought a different energy, right? Well, and, he was a he was a salesman. Yeah. It was right out on Front Street. He was selling this ticket. Well, yeah. even like uh, like even from my time working in news, like the coolest thing was like after Mean Gene died, like so many like legitimate news people were like giving him like big props and big. Uh, you know, adulation, you know, after he had passed about just, um, just like what he had done, like, uh, you know, his, his role in just being like a sports entertainment person, like, sure. you know, and this probably, you know, they could have given him those accolades, you know, 20 years ago or 15 years ago or whatever, but I just thought it was cool for, for them to come out after he had passed and, and to, you know, essentially treat him like a legitimate news person because something for us he really was yeah i mean he and, and before that he actually had a background as a i believe a meteorologist a weatherman right um i know he was on the radio but what was great about him is he was versatile so yes he he, he was a ring announcer before he was a backstage interviewer mm-hmm. and when he was a ring announcer for Vern, he was also doing commentary so he'd do his announcing and then he'd sit down next to whoever his partner was and he'd call the match so he could do the play-by-play he could do the ring announcing, and he could do the backstage interview. His uh, his play by play wasn't so good, though. I didn't, I didn't, wasn't personally a fan. Hot take, no oh boy. <laughs> Unpopular opinion. Oh boy. <laughs> I'd watch a whole show done by me, Gene, and Lord Alfred Hayes together. But you know what? On the flip side, <clears throat> look at what Gene did. Okay, so he was your, he was your backstage interviewer. This is just the WWF. Okay, <clears throat> he was your backstage interviewer. He did the update. And then, if your town was getting a show, he was the guy that would tell you about it. Hey, at the Mecca, Hogan versus DiBiase, get your tickets now. They tried so many different people to replace him. Yeah. Craig DeGeorge, Sean Mooney. Yeah. Could never find anybody as good. Until they got Todd Pettengill. Oh. Great. <laughs> it was garbage. All right, whose turn is it? Uh, if we're following this in the... Order we went before. It's over here to Birthday Jones. Oh man. Uh huh. Oh man. <laughs> this is a personal experience for three of us in the room. George Webb waitresses and their knowledge of the menu, <laughs> specifically after the last Legacy show. Okay, before we get into that, let me tell you my marketing idea. Now. <laughs> you know how they have like calendars like the firemen of Milwaukee? And I want to make the women of George Webb's calendar. And I want to find, and, and there's a lot to choose from, 
the 12 least attractive George Webb waitresses <laughs> that I could find. And there was plenty Shouldn't of them. Shouldn't be hard. Yeah. Because I'm yet to find one that's above a three. And that's pushing it. But anyway, we went up to the last Legacy show, and they had a big sign in the window that I couldn't really read it because it was backwards. But it was a And it was dark. Yeah. And it was a promotion they were doing for this new burger. The Bob and Brian Bob Bomber. Bob and Brian Bomber. <clears throat> So I asked the waitress, what is on the Bob and Brian bomber? She, not only does she not have any idea, she's trying to see the picture in the window. She's like, well, it looks like there's some patties. Oh, there's, some, <laughs> there's definitely bread. <laughs> that didn't happen. It did happen. Fucking ribbing me right and now. It's some, uh, it looks like mushroom. It's, oh, uh, it's, it's basically a mushroom and Swiss burger on a whole year old. Uh, uh, right? Uh, it, let me check. Let me check. Her? You guys give her a big tip? I uh, know. <laughs> yeah, the tip was get a new job. That was, that, was, that was like high quality service. Here's the irony of the whole thing. When we got up to pay, we were sitting in a booth. When we got up to pay, one of these guys went before me and they were standing at the counter. And I turned my head to the left and looked and there was a blackboard, a chalkboard. And it literally said the Bob and Brian bomber and had all of the ingredients spelled out on the board. I swear to Christ. <laughs> but that's exactly why I like going to Jurors Whip. And I usually never go before midnight and I usually never go after 3.30 in the morning. That's the time you got to go in there, no matter which one you go into. This was uh, <laughs> like... Eve. Yeah, 10, like 10.45. 10, yeah. yeah. And the other thing that was interesting about her was the the wait for the crackers. Oh, my God. She had the Keebler elves captive in the back putting saltines together. I'll tell you what. If George Webbs wasn't getting a huge tax break for having her on staff, yeah. they, they should be. I think the funnest one to go to is probably like 72nd and Greenfield. That's the one That's we, were at. we were at. That was the one. That was exactly no the one. No lie, because the Legacy Show was on 69th and Orchard. <laughs> yeah, it's Tanner Paul, so we had gone over there. Yeah, that, that's a fun one. All right, my turn. All right. Um, and then I was hungry an hour later. That's because you shit 10 minutes the after you ate. They got the best burgers in town. No, they don't. The best cheeseburgers? Oh, yeah. No, they don't. I get down six of those. I'll tell you what you need yeah, to get down. Yeah, I could eat a bag of those. You need, fuck getting down. You need to get out more. That's what you need to do. <laughs> Anybody that thinks George Webb has the best burger in town goes nowhere. We can pretty much wrap this segment up here. Simon Dean and the Simon System. That's yeah, stupid. Simon it was, uh, remember Supernova. Nova yeah. from ECW? Supernova. No? Great. Then you have no idea who this guy <laughs> yeah, is. Yeah, he ended up getting signed by the WWE, and his, the gimmick they gave him was a fitness instructor, Simon Dean. He basically just shit on everybody for being out of shape, and they should try his Simon system. This was probably, what, 12, 13 years ago now? 14, maybe? You can't end on a bad one. Pick one more. The only pick thing out of that that actually came out of it was it got... Winchester on Raw. Oh, he that's did. right. He did. One time, yeah. yep. That's right. They one did. time. What about you, Simon Dean? Yeah. Uh, I'll pass. Pick one more. What about Dean, the guy who ran for president? Went, yeah! <laughs> what about him? Howard Dean? Howard Dean, yeah. <laughs> I like that sound, but... <laughs> All right. Here we go. Hang on. Run for president. <laughs> was it like that? It sounded like oh, that, Scott, yeah. if you were a character on the TV show Boy Meets World. See, <laughs> fucking, how about this, Melissa, when you put these in, how about shows that people actually watch? 
Okay. Topanga. Boy Meets World. I don't know. I never watched the show. They only had like four characters. The boy, Topanga, the brother, and... And Mr. Feely. Was there a neighbor that sometimes popped up every once in a while, every 18th episode? I don't know. No, he was on every day because he was their fucking teacher. Yeah, that's not me then. It's got to be somebody obscure. He was the voice of the car from Night Rider. I'll tell you who you would be. You would be the fat kid's dad. Okay. Who was played by Vader. In the one episode yep. the one that the episode. fat kid had a dad. <laughs> there you go. All right. I'm yeah, the rest of the time. So now you're taking Vader. it from all angles. I'm Vader. All right. Are we, what are we for 10? Sean's going to step on your face. Uh, just a couple more, probably. Really? Hang yeah, on. It's like, not, you got to go, don't you? Oh, no. You just, just pulled that. that yeah, you just pulled that. We'll, we'll end it on L's poll here. All right. Uh, maybe I'll pick another one. Billy Joe Eaton. Oh, you can't do that. You gotta, Billy Joe Eaton wrestled for Mid-American Wrestling. Yeah, he was a champ for a long time. Yeah, you got any stories about him? I don't even know who that is. Well, I'll tell you what I know about Billy Joe Eaton. I thought he was really good. What character was he? He was their champ. He was, he was Billy, Joe Billy Joe Eaton. Eaton. Oh. Yeah, he, uh, he was out of Chicago. What was the gimmick? No, just a regular uh, that guy. That he was a superstar. Yeah. Like, he was... He didn't really have a gimmick. He was, he was there. Was he after Punk? Right around the same... Yeah, yeah. before and But, I mean, and during. Yeah, during... Uh, he was a champ. He wrestled Bigelow, right? Was that right at Wilson Park? Yes. Yeah. Bam Bam Bigelow came in and they wrestled. He's the first guy on the Indies I ever saw do a moonsault. And it was a good one. It wasn't a shit moonsault. It was a good moonsault. Nice. I saw that at Summer Sizzler. The only uh, Mid-American show I saw at Wilson Park was uh, uh, the one guy who used to come in from IAW or whatever. Ian uh, Rodden. Ian Rodden. And, uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> right, uh, Ian Rodden versus uh, was it Bambino? They Dean Bambino. Dino Bambino. Bambino. Yeah, Dino he was Bambino. good. Yeah, uh, that was the only show I saw. I worked Dino Bambino once. So uh, for Peter yeah, B. Like Beautiful, Peter. I don't have a lot of <laughs> I don't have a lot of Billy Joe Eaton stories, but from what I understand, he's kind of disappeared. Like he has nothing to do with wrestling anymore. Even like Carmine and them don't really know what he's up to these days. Yeah, it looks like he stopped in like '02 and. That was it, huh? And then he, his debut was '93, so he only only went. It's, nine. But it's nine years. I mean, if it was a good nine years. Not making any money. Okay, so, so if he stopped in '02, then he was he might have he stopped right before I started hanging out with those guys. Yeah, he was a he was a good dude from in the ring. I didn't know him. Talked to him a couple times when we did the Wilson Park shows, up and out. But I thought he was impressive. For sure. All right. All right. So. I want to first of all. I want to thank you for coming down. Did you? It wasn't too bad, right? Nah. It wasn't the worst thing in the world. Just like backstage. <laughs> um, so, Ill L Jackson was our guest, also known as Ellen Ingram, also known as Action L Jackson. A good dude, man. It's great to catch up with you. I'm glad things are going good for you. Yeah. And uh, whatnot. Thanks for coming out, Vic Stick Ross. Happy birthday. Thank you. Thank Thanks you. for coming out on your birthday. Yeah, right. <laughs> Your mama ain't shit. <laughs> um, hey, I'm 49, so for uh, I'm one year away from 50, right? Uh, Vic Six Ross, uh, Jack Spade. I'm Hotshot Sky Williams. We'll have another show next week. I hope that we're not interrupted by Jason Masters, but maybe we will be. I'm here. Good night, everybody. But I'm here. Mega. But I'm here.